everybody. Welcome to a very thankful version of the Bruise Day podcast. This is Wes, and since I've apparently been designated the holiday host as of late, I will be the turkey to this Thanksgiving meal of an episode. As always, I'm joined by my good friends Andy, Josh, and Rob. How's it going, guys? What's up? Going well. On this episode, we're going to be drinking a very fall-flavored version of Founders Kentucky Breakfast Stout. After that, we're going to move into giving thanks to all the breweries, bars, and beers that helped us get through the dumpster fire of a year that is 2020. In the second half of the episode, we're going to be picking the winners of a few English Premier League games for Big Board, and in the lightning round, we'll discuss our beer choices for the Thanksgiving holiday. So with all that out of the way, let's drink some beers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 For the Cheers Beer of the Week this week, we're going to be drinking a KBS Maple Mackinac Fudge Imperial Coffee Stout from Founders Brewing. It's just a version of their KBS, but this one is... Brewed with Mackinac fudge coffee, maple syrup, and chocolate aged in an oak barrel, oak bourbon barrels. It's a lot of stuff to say. Say that um, five times fast. A lot of flavors going on here. Uh, Founders is out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's an 11% ABV, 40 IBU. Uh, it has 14,000 check-ins with a 4.44 average rating, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, let's hear what you guys think. I can jump in. I, I get chocolate immediately and I think it, it tastes great. Um, I, I get a bit of that. I, I think they're sort of merging the fudge and the coffee flavor if, if I'm reading their description right. So I, I then get that as sort of my aftertaste. Um, so I'm liking it. What I'm missing is sort of the maple syrup uh, flavor that they're indicating. Maybe that's just sort of hidden by the the stronger flavors of, of the other two or, or just the fact that it's a stout. But um, th- those are the two I pick up on immediately. Josh, it, it hits me a little bit differently. I get the maple right at the front, then kind of in the middle, I get the the coffee aspect of it that that kind of begins to linger, but then it like starts to fade at the very end for me and get a little bit more of the chocolate. It's definitely a, a hearty beer with that 11%. And it's obviously not too bitter. The only real bitterness I get is kind of from that like coffee flavor. But I'm enjoying it. It's definitely a, a fall, fire, rain, you know, cabin type beer that we've we've talked about before. Something to cozy up to the fire with, yeah. Um, I, exactly. It's funny because I, I I even get a little bit different than both of you. I do get the coffee right up front. Um, then I kind of feel like I it I get the coffee up front. I then get the chocolate following it. And then I feel like I get that kind of maple syrup kind of has like a weird sweetness to it. And I feel like that's what's lingering on my tongue afterwards. Um, it's really good though. I, I like it a lot. Uh, it's definitely got that like warms your chest feeling like Andy said, uh, but yeah, great beer. I really like it. All right, Rob. So, so which uh, one of us do you agree with? <laughs> it, it is kind of funny. So first off, I'll just mention, I, I wasn't able to, to find uh, this variation of the KBS. I was only able to, to find the, the, I guess, the normal KBS uh, stout. It, it is kind of interesting hearing you guys talk about it, though, because I feel like you're describing my beer. I think between uh, all the different, like, reactions you guys have given uh, I would side with Wes probably the most where I do, I feel like it, in the the normal KBS I do get the chocolate up front I get uh, coffee tastes 
And then on the very back end, it's described as being like a charred oak, uh, with, which is, you know, that, that barrel aged. Uh, and, and I definitely get that on the back end. There are some flavors that I'm not getting though, uh, like vanilla in this, which uh, I'm just not, I'm just not tasting it, but maybe after a few more sips, it'll start coming through. I think after a few more sips of your 12% ABV, you're going to start tasting less and less. So you better get exactly. those flavors in now, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I might just start making it up. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the average rating that you mentioned of a 4.44 to me feels high for this. And, and I don't know if, if that's just because this is seasonal and, and more difficult to find right now, um, or, or just because it kind of carries the KBS name. Are you guys anywhere close to that? I think I'm closer to like a four. I think I'm closer to it than you are. I'm probably like a four, two, four, three. I really like it. Yeah, I'm leaning more towards the US. I'm I was thinking right around four two. Nice. Rob, have you checked in KBS before? Do you already have a rating to it? I have, yeah. So I, I actually gave this about a four point two five and I, I believe I checked it in earlier this year. Oh nice. And I'm probably right around there again. It it is solid. I know the average on the, on the normal KBS is 4.42, right around what, what you guys are, uh, uh, the same beer you're having. I, I, I w- would really like to do a side-by-side on this though and just see what the how it compares. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into the main topic. As I mentioned in the intro, this is our Thanksgiving episode. It's more of a thankful episode. We're not going to dive into any sort of history of Thanksgiving or anything, but I kind of want to just take a moment here because it's the uh, holiday of thanks. So I think we're going to do our own little beer version of uh, Thanksgiving. And I want to start with breweries. I want to hear what, in 2020, what are the breweries you guys are most thankful for throughout this year? I'm going to kick it off with our love affair that we all (laughs) developed this year. I call it Love at First Pint. Uh, Cerebral Brewing out of Denver, Colorado. We all got to experience that in late September. And uh, I know that I fell in love with it as soon as we got there and, and were able to actually sit down and have a beer. Um, I know that I enjoyed four beers at the brewery while you guys, <clears throat> excuse me, only had three. So I was one up to you there, <laughs> but uh, I was a huge fan of Cerebral and everything they got going on. So I'm very thankful for them and their beer. I think we all are. It's, I, I've actually had five uh, cerebral beers so far this year. Um, must have had two uh, either, you know, since then. But it, cerebral actually has so two of my top three rated beers so far in 2020 are from that trip. I, we all uh, really enjoyed that one, but clearly they're doing something right. My my overall average for the five different beers came out to 4.32. While I enjoy all this one-upping of how many cerebral beers you've all had, I'm in Colorado, and I guess they just don't get them here. And, and you, you guys have been getting them through your uh, beer delivery services. Yeah, that's how I know. Wes, you got one uh, to Arizona, and then I think I've I've had one in a in a beer drop as well. Yeah, I've gotten a few through beer drop, and uh, they they actually come into the bottle shops here every once in a while. So I've, I've picked up a few at bottle shops as well. Very nice. I'll, I'll throw out one that, uh, that I don't know. I should have checked to, to see if you've had any, um, but Turning Point Beer out of Bedford, Texas, um, has two of my top beers for 2020. Both of them are triple New England's. 
uh, something that I, you know, we, I think we all got into New England and uh, New England beers. Um, but these are two that even with sort of the triple uh, IPA-ness of them, um, they still really shone through and, and had a bunch of great flavor. So um, I've, I've been a, a huge fan of them and, and have been trying to track down more beer ever since. Yeah, Josh, I, I also am a huge fan of Turning Point. They're out of Bedford, Texas. So obviously I've, I've, I've got access to them. I've checked in four of their beers so far in uh, 2020. And one, one of their beers made my top 25 for 2020. Uh, I think it's called Unusually Precise Tornado. Uh, and I gave it a, I think I gave it a 4.25. It has an average of 4.32. So it's, it's up there. That's a very fitting name for a beer from Texas. It certainly is. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. I feel like I'm not going to surprise anybody by my answer this year, but uh, Renhouse Brewing, I, I, if, if there's somebody I'm thankful for this year, especially in this quarantine times, it's been Renhouse out of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, five of my top 10 rated beers of 2020 are from Renhouse, and I actually have 24 unique check-ins from wow. there in 2020 alone, which actually I think like doubles my number from them. So obviously they've been, as I said in previous episodes, they've been pumping out they're not a huge brewery but they've been pumping out new unique beers and i just i'm really appreciative for that because it's just really fun to be able to go pick up their latest release and have something to look forward to when they release those things in quarantine times wes i thought i had you or at least i thought i had a lot of beers checked in from specific breweries in 2020 i had two that were in double digits but uh <laughs> not 24 just just your number of check-ins from Renhouse. Uh, eclipses my two. Uh, the other two for me were Rubens Brews out of Seattle. Uh, I checked in 10 beers from them this year and I've been really keen on what they put out. And then Bale Breaker Brewing Company out of Yakima, Washington. I have 11 check ins from them, but 24 is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, they do, they are no joke, I think a four minute drive from me. And I follow them on Instagram and every time they release one, I order it online and go pick it up just because. It's fun and they make really good beers. I'd never get let down by it. Yeah, I think my highest in 2020 uh, at a single brewery is five. So much lower than than <laughs> your 24. I, I pulled my top five uh, breweries, top five rated breweries and was surprised to see that number two on the list, obviously Cerebral is number one. Number two on the list is Anchorage Brewing out of uh, mm -hmm. Anchorage, Alaska. They make some really solid beers. And, and of the four that I've had in 2020, three of them make up my top 20 uh, total rated. So they're, they're just churning out some quality beers, which was a little bit of a shock to me. And then the second one I'll just call out is still in my top five is Celestial Beer Works out of Dallas, Texas. My average of the four beers that I've checked in in 2020 came to a 4.24 and uh, one of the beers came, was my sixth highest rated beer so far this year. Yeah, if, if you're going to compare anything, Celestial is, is maybe like a smaller version or, or a similar sized version to Renhouse in, in Dallas, where, you know, they, they have their couple of go-tos, but they're constantly trying to pump out something new, you know, whether it's within their, their wheelhouse or not, but they're, they're constantly looking to, to push out new, new product. All right, so to keep, to keep the thanks going... Let's move away from breweries and let's start talking about some tap rooms and bars that you're thankful for this year. And let's, let's hear why you're thankful for them. I can go first. Uh, so 
the pretty much the the one that we've been going to, and and my wife and I have been going out a ton with uh, with our son. Uh, but Ernie's Bar on 11th Street in Durango, Colorado. I think I've taken you all there. It's sort of a, a bar that's surrounded by food trucks. Um, they're constantly rotating in and out their menu to to try to pull different beers from different parts of Colorado. Um, so usually I can go and, and find one or two things. And it's also just sort of nice. It's outside. It gives everybody space to, to enjoy it without worrying too much about uh, the pandemic going on. Um, and, and it's just been somewhere I could go and, and kind of try to feel a little bit of the normalcy that, that I've been missing. Have you met Ernie? I have not met Ernie. I'm not even sure Ernie's a real person, but next time I'm there, I'm going to ask just for you. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got, you got to meet the namesake or at least figure <laughs> out why. I'll go next since I chimed in. I got two places. Um, I'm new to Tacoma, Washington, and I got here right as the shutdowns all started the first round. And now we're in the second round. So um, definitely the the bottle shop that I've probably called out a few times on episodes as uh, Peaks and Pints in Tacoma, Washington. They have become my new favorite bottle shop. They have like 28 taps. They have a huge beer fridge to select from. They also do sandwiches uh, for food and some other appetizers. But I'm, I'm like there maybe, maybe at least, well, I'll say I'm there at least <laughs> once a week, <laughs> maybe upwards of twice, depending on the day. But I mean, even yesterday, like coming home from the grocery store, just like stopped in to get the KBS, just like grab the one. They were kind of surprised I just bought one beer, but that, that place has been fantastic to just go. And I, and I actually got to, to go sit down briefly, um, a couple times and, and really looking forward to when they, when all of this kind of begins to ramp down and, and we can go back into seated dining. And then another place is, uh, called little radio in downtown Tacoma. And that's just a, a new bar that opened actually during all of the shutdown and the pandemic. And it has just like a really cool vibe. They did, you know, a great Oktoberfest with a lot of different like German inspired food. It's got a good look. It's like an old radio shop that they converted, um, into kind of a, a tap room restaurant and, uh, been real fan of it so far been a couple times and looking forward to go back soon it's a great name i i feel like i'll need to look it up but i feel like i can envision what this place looks like just just based on that name they have like a bunch of like very old radios just like one on each table like all the different ones like that you see like very like 50s and 60s like post world war ii it's a, it's a cool little spot yeah that's cool i have to say i'm, I'm sure in 2020 i'm going to have the most or the highest number of like check-ins at listed as untapped at home or checking at home or whatever it is on untapped uh definitely can't wait to get back out to some bars and tap rooms and (laughs) and uh breweries here soon i'll give i'll give a shout out to two one i've mentioned or we've mentioned on the podcast metalsome moth in dallas has uh 40 i think 40 beers on tap and a great selection of just rare finds. Uh, 18 of my check-ins during 2020 have been uh, from Metal Samoth, and I'm sure a majority of those were pre-shutdown. Another one I'm going to call out, which is really uh, kind of a, a, I'm throwing this one out there. If you come to Dallas or you come to Fort Worth, this is not going to be one that you're going to check out. Uh, it's called Brew City. It's in Euless, Texas, which is technically within Fort Worth. It's hidden inside a gas station, 
which is right down the street from the office that I work at. They have 59 beers on tap and you wouldn't even know that this place existed unless you walked inside the gas station uh, for, you know, to grab a hot dog or, you know, some candy or something. And you look towards the back and you saw the bar. It is definitely a hidden gem. Uh, and if, if you do want to go find a, 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 an extensive selection of just local beers, Brew City has it for sure. Rob, I got to ask, have you bought a hot dog from that gas station before? Because you you were like very, that was the first thing that came to your mind when you thought of going into a gas station. I I, I have not. They actually have, they, they make uh, pizza in the back. I have had their pizzas. Their pizzas are really good. Uh, but I, I will say that I went there for the beer, not the pizza. I just ended up grabbing a pizza after having a couple beers. It's a good sign. That's right. Yeah, so I'm going to surprise you guys, and I know you think I'm just going to jump out and talk about Wandering Tortoise, but I'm going to refrain from talking about Wandering Tortoise. I'm just going to say their name, the Wandering Tortoise, like four <laughs> times, and then I'll move on. I do think I'm at like for them. I do think I'm at like I think I'm at like 50 check-ins at their place. I'm very thankful for them. I just feel like I've talked about them too much. <laughs> I'm going to call out a place. Uh, it's called Rewind. It's just as close to me. Uh, it's a little beer and wine shop i wouldn't call it like a tap room they only have about five or six taps but they always have a list of a hundred plus cans and bottles you can get it's a really cool place they only buy a small amount of stuff so it's always kind of cycling through the bartenders are more than willing the owner is usually the bartender uh right now too and he's more than willing to talk to you about beer the second you actually give up the fact that like you know beer and want to talk to him about beer he'll he'll chat your ear off which i love (laughs) Um, he actually, I, I, one of the coolest things he, last time I kind of mentioned that I do like beer and like talking about beer and he immediately busted out a can of, so happens it's Tuesday. I don't know if you guys have had that. It's from the brewery. It's a double Imperial, it's an Imperial stout, uh, from the brewery and it has like 30,000 check-ins. 4.2 4.2. And I was like, Oh, it was really nice of him. He poured a third of it for three different people. I went to I wanted to get one. I went to total wine the next day. It is an $18 16 ounce can. Oh, so, oh damn. What? I was like, that was nice of him. Uh, and he also let us sample a couple of the ones on tap too. It's a really cool little space. And it's just like, a, it's, it's cool. Cause it's the owner's always there. It's just run by like the two owners and a couple of bartenders, just a really fun spot to go try some new beers. Looking at some, some of the pictures of the place, it looks like they have a bunch of cool, like, bar games and stuff they do it's like yeah like old video games and old uh bar game or uh board games yeah all right so now let's get a little bit more granular with our thankfulness and let's go down to some specific beers that you're thankful for this year uh josh i'll start with you all right so i i've got my three uh, Azura High, which is one of the triple New Englands that I mentioned. Uh, it's, it's one of the, I think maybe the only beer I've given a five star this year uh, out of Turning Point. Um, it, it was great. It was also the first beer I had had after like a 12 hour drive. So it probably got a small bump for that. Um, but I just thought it was amazing. And, and it's definitely worth tracking down if, if you can find it. My second one was Haptic Feedback out of Cerebral. I know we all kind of had different favorites from there, but that was probably mine. I think I ended up giving it like a 4.6, and that was a a double dry hop New England. 
And then my third, and, and Wes, I think you might have this on your list as well, but the Slang Du Jour, that cherry raspberry cobbler beer that we had out of Drecker, um, it was just mo- one of the more interesting, flavorful beers that I've had in a very long time. And I think it was just the experience of uh, tasting it and, and trying to figure out what I actually thought about it that, that probably made it so good. Yeah, really cool beer. Josh, that's cool that you threw down a five-star beer. In I did. Like I said, it probably got the 12-hour drive bump, but I'm going to I'm gonna give it to it nonetheless. <laughs> I haven't had that one. It looks like the average is about 4.29, so I'm going to have to go find that, being that it's uh, turning points, a local for me. So I'll go next. Haptic feedback, Josh, you mentioned it. That was actually my top-rated. That's my top-rated beer in 2020 so far. It's out of Cerebral Brewing. I gave it a 4.8. It's a double dry hop New England IPA. It, it, we all gave it very high ratings, but I think uh, Josh and I were, were certainly, I think, among the highest with for from the four of us. Second one I'm going to call out is from Trillium Brewing Company at a at a New England at a Massachusetts. It's called Dot Av. It's an Imperial Double New England IPA. You guys have heard me talk about Trillium quite a bit. I gave this a 4.5 and it's among my, I think, top seven or so beers so far in 2020. So certainly up there. Another one I'm going to call out. So Celestial Beer Works was one of my top breweries of 2020 so far. The top beer that I've had out of them is called Virtually Inseparable. It's a triple New England IPA. Josh, I think you've had this as well. I I gave it a 4.5. It has an average of 4.46. So it's definitely up there. I'll jump in and go next. Uh, One of my five stars this year, I already mentioned it earlier when we were talking about breweries and Josh, both you and Rob mentioned it, uh, something from Cerebral. Mine was the Critical Space. I gave that a 5.0. That's a double New England IPA. That one, that was like what set the tone for me in my love affair with uh, cerebral brewing. So that that's gotta be in the top, but another thing, it's not really a specific beer, but this year I got really exposed to fresh hop beers being in the Pacific Northwest. So that is a beer style that I'm really thankful for because that is something that if you do not live in this area, you have a much um, lighter exposure to and I would go to Peaks and Pints or any other like bottle shop and there would just be, you know, almost too many to try and get (laughs) because they all, every brewery in the area comes out with something fresh hopped or wet hopped like in, in the weeks after harvest. And it's probably one of my favorite times of year now because the beer is delicious. That was what Andy, like episode 15, we, we covered all of the different fresh hops. and, And to me, that was one of the more interesting episodes from a getting to enjoy the beer from an enjoy the beer aspect yeah and we did the that episode we drank the fresh hop crikey ipa from rubens and that's that was really tasty and i'm just a fan of fresh hop beers andy were you a fan of them before you moved to the pacific northwest i had heard of them but i maybe had had you know a couple here and there i mean you get some down in la but not too many in in austin probably got None. I mean, there's probably breweries that did it, but I wasn't necessarily as aware of it. But being here, you you almost have to actively try to not be aware of it because it's such a big <laughs> deal. Like every brewery is coming out with it. So every, any bar you go to that carries craft beer is going to have a fresh hop and in, in that time of year. So it's impossible to avoid, 
and I'm, I'm glad I came across it and I'm a big fan of it now. Yeah. So my top three are going to be, a, there's going to be a couple repeats in here. Uh, like Josh mentioned the slang du jour cherry raspberry cobbler from Drecker was just a fun beer to try. I never really had gone, gotten into the Drecker sours before was always kind of worried about them and it was just amazing. It tastes like pie from start to finish. It tastes like you were chewing on a, a cobbler. It was really <laughs> fun to try and it was honestly delicious at the same time, which, which really surprised me. Um, critical space from cerebral brewing. Andy just said it. I, I don't know if it's well, one, we are all together Two, We had been to a couple breweries that were fine. And then we got, that was the first beer that we had. I just remember taking one sip and just being like, <laughs> so happy, just pumped. It was so good. Uh, so I have, I have to bring that one up in my top three. And then the, my top rated beer this year so far is Mercury Mine from Ren House. It's a triple New England IPA. I give it a four, eight uh, by far. I not by far my highest of the year, but uh, definitely that's a, that's a pretty hard score for me to give. If I was less stingy with my fives, it probably would have been a five, but I have such a problem giving things five <laughs> nowadays. Uh, but it was just a really great beer from Ren House. So I figured I'd call that one out too. I'm so glad you guys called out Drecker. Uh, They're my number three brewery on the year in terms of rating. So far, the average of the four beers that I've had from Drecker are it's a 4.25. They're, they're also churning out some, some great beers right now. I haven't had that sour you guys talked about. I'm not sure that I would enjoy it, but um, uh, certainly the style, like the IPAs they're putting out um, that I'm, a big fan of those. I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, other than the slang du jour. And I think my, my fresh hop crikey IPA that I mentioned every other beer we just mentioned is some variation of a new England. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I mean, I like that's we said though, that's testament. what, but that's also where it seems like that's where breweries are throwing their efforts into. And now mm-hmm. you're starting to see them start coming out with some more classic, like American IPAs and West coast IPAs which we've talked about and we're excited about, but I just think that's where a lot of people are putting their effort in and trying to get the good stuff. And I mean, it's working. <laughs> they got us on yeah. it. So, <laughs> All right. So I, I feel like we've, we've been nice enough through this episode. We're very thankful for lots of things, but I'm going to switch it up on you guys. Now I want to hear what you're unthankful for. Tell me what, what in the beer world has made you not happy. What, what is, what, what's your 2020, I'm not happy about in the beer world situation. So I'll kick this one off. Uh, you know, seltzers, I think are still, uh, <laughs> I'm not thankful for, for seltzers. I think they're, and it, when I pulled my three lowest ratings of 2020, truly original lemonade topped the list or maybe bottomed out the list, I guess would be the right way of, of framing that one. I gave it a 1.5 out of, out of five. Uh, and then the second on the list was Bud Light Seltzer Mango. I gave it a two. I guess I liked it a little bit more <laughs> than truly original lemonade, but who knows or if there drunker. was some sort of bump. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you were just bump. like 10 trulys deep at that point. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. The other, the other one I want to call out is uh, I, I had a PBR hard coffee. I don't know if you guys have had this in my, I would say it was a failed attempt. Um, it, it wasn't bad, but I feel like they, it, 
I'm, I gave it a 2.5. So I'm not going to be returning to that one anytime soon. I, I mean, that's, that's pretty high for what I sort of imagined in my mind. You, I had you, it and I didn't hate it. But I also want to point out, Rob, your three lowest rated things that we're talking about, your, what you're unthankful for in the beer world. Not one of those is beer, I would, I would throw out there. So <laughs> I understand why you rated them poorly, because maybe you were expecting beer. But like, why are they even in untapped? Ah, you checked them in. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> you, can, you can delete those check-ins if you want. Um, <laughs> you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, looking at it, 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 it doesn't appear that you checked it in, actually. I probably didn't even think about it because it literally it tastes like like uh what what's the the Starbucks thing a frappuccino is that the yeah, bottle uh, one it does. yeah it tastes like a frappuccino and it apparently has booze in it that's right I'll go next I'm not thankful for the aluminum can shortage in the United States uh, I believe it was just last month bulk corporation which is probably the largest manufacturer of aluminum cans in america forecasted that the u.s was short 10 billion cans in 2020 so that's a lot of beer that could have been canned and distributed out but not so because because of how the pandemic has impacted the industry so many breweries and really just beverage companies have looked at aluminum cans to get their product out to consumers because the can it's lightweight packs well, you know, keeps a beverage fresh. And so I'm, I'm not thankful for the shortage because you know, it's going to extend in the next year. Do you, so that's really just a result of the move from like on premise to off premise. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just the, you know, there's there's no way that you know growlers can make up anywhere near the difference of like tap sales at restaurants and bars yeah to flip that andy you just wrote a beautiful love letter to beer cans <laughs> yeah well i think there's a solution and rob i think it ties into your um unthankfulness for seltzers but if you ended seltzer production we might have enough cans for everyone else to go around Look at this, Surf and Turf once again getting together with a solution that would just make the world a better place. <laughs> you should start a petition. See a change.org. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Last time we talked about Surf and Turf, Andy was like shooting cannonballs at other boats <laughs> yeah. and you were talking about driving a creepy van around while picking people up <laughs> to see if they wanted a beer inside. So I don't know if you guys are always helping out the, 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 the world right now. They got to balance I, the good and the bad. I have no comment. <laughs> yeah. I have no comment either. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. At least we're not serving seltzers though. There you go. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of stick on that train. So I, I have two. One was my dead last uh, losers edition of Keystone Ice that I enjoyed on this podcast. I, I probably oh, tell us do about that again, Josh. I'm I'm not really going to relive it. Just I'm going to say that it wasn't good. Um, and then two, and and to get a little bit more deep into it, um, I, I think the other thing that I was not thankful for was some of the lack of connectivity um, that comes from drinking beer with you guys in person, with other friends in person. 
uh, some of that stuff that I lost. And, you know, I still love beer, still enjoy, you know, talking about it with you guys here, but th there's just something missing from, from drinking most of my beer at home. Uh, you know, not, not being with other people drinking. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Just like the, <laughs> not, not as fun to, to drink a beer at home versus like drink a beer at a bar and then and like even just engaging with someone who you may not know, but just having like a quick conversation. Yeah. Much better than just sitting at home. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll go last here. I don't mean to call out a specific brewery, but I'm going to do similar to what Rob did, but I'm going to call out my lowest rated beer. It's just really bad beer. It's called chunky from dead fish beer company uh it is my lowest rated beer of 2020 and if anybody doesn't know this from previous episodes that is actually my homebrew my second attempt at homebrew i just looked up my lowest rated beer and it is actually my own beer which is hilarious it was terrible i did fail miserably so but <laughs> My unthankfulness is for my own brewing skills and uh, my huge failure at my New England IPA <laughs> earlier in the year. What what did you give it? Uh, two point five. Okay, it was a That's beer. That's a pretty high lowest beer. I I actually thought the same thing, but I think it's because I spend too much money on buying fancy, fancy beer. beers that are mm -hmm. rated really well. <laughs> so even if I'm not rating them that well, I'm not giving them two point fives. Right. So you're saying Chonky was uh, in line with the PBR hard coffee. I, I'm not on uh, your if, rating if scale. Our ra if our rating scale was the same. <laughs> if, if, if our rating scale was the same, yes. I don't know if I've been given PBR hard coffee a 2.5, though. You're, I, I, actually, I feel like you were saying you didn't like it that much. I liked it more than you, but I don't know if I'd want to put it on on tap because I don't think I could genuinely – like. I guess for for what a hard coffee in a can would be, I might be higher than you, but that's hard to say because those scales seem very different. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know if you can compare I think my I beer scale that. to my hard coffee scale. <laughs> is what I'm saying here. <laughs> that's a different I, app. I understood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for the first half. We will be right back with the uh, unique beer of the week. Hey there, thanks for checking out the Brews Day podcast. For more content or to leave a comment, check out our Instagram and Twitter accounts at The Brews Day. And for your daily dose of beer photos and reviews, check us out on Instagram at The Brews Day Review. Cheers. And now back to the show. All right, welcome back. We're going to jump right into our unique beer of the week. Andy, I'm going to start with you. Well, here's a name for you. I'm drinking a Rowdy and Dick Amber Ale from E9 Brewing Company in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, quick backstory, Rowdy and Dick, um, that name is in memory of the last two fire horses in pumper truck service at engine house number nine. So this brewery is in a building that was once a like very old horse-drawn carriage firehouse. Andy, so, I'm just I'm just glad they included the and in there because that name could get way more <laughs> right. aggressive without that. <laughs> If you look at Untapped, it's called Rowdy Dick Amber. So there they don't go. have the uh, and symbol the in and. Untapped. It's on the can. It okay. is on the can. This is a family <laughs> podcast. Yeah, We're keeping it PG. So this one is obviously an amber ale. It's 5.8% ABV. No IBU listed. On, an, on Untapped, it has an average of 3.49 as a rating. It has over 1,300 check-ins. It's unique for me. It's the first time. It looks very much like an amber in the glass, so I'm excited to try it. 
kind of a, a like first taste definitely get your malt it's light it's crisp i'm a fan of it so far definitely nothing outstanding about it nothing you know that's going to really set it over the top um, i'm probably going to be above the average because I, i'm a fan of ambers but probably not much higher it might be in the the three six three seven range I'll go next. So I'm drinking Vesuvius. It's an Imperial double stout from Celestial Beer Works. It's a 10% ABV, doesn't have an IBU listed. The untapped average is a 4.15, only has 236 check-ins, which I have to say with that low of check-ins, I would have expected the average to be much higher. It's a unique for all of us. I think I'm going above the average on this one. I like it more than KBS, to be honest. Uh, it it just it's it. I think it's really well balanced, and where KBS I think uh, hits you a little bit more, either with the the ABV uh, or just being that it's it's barrel aged. This stout is definitely more approachable, and you're picking up on a lot of both the sweet and the roasty notes that that come from it. So. I'm a big fan of this one, and I think it's a great one. If you're looking for a stout as you head into the winter months, this is a great one to pick up. My guess is it's only available in the Dallas area. Uh, they probably won't be distributing this outside of Texas. So if you can find it, definitely give this a try. Rob, you said you're a 425 at KBS, and you're going to be higher with this one. Where do you think you're going to be at with this yeah, one? Prob- probably not much higher. I'm probably around a 4.3. I will say, though, this, this one – it's it's really tasty. Uh, nice. I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm drinking the Blue Room IPA. It's by Burning Daylight uh, out of Lamita, California. So uh, one of the beers that I picked up while I've, while I've been in town. It's a 7% ABV, 3.89 uh, average on untapped with only 142 check-ins. Uh, um, I'm liking it. It's a, it's a pretty just kind of crisp IPA. Um, I would say actually the, the untapped average with so few is probably right on for me. I think I'm probably three, nine, maybe a four. We'll, we'll see how the, the rest of the pint goes down. Yeah. So I'm drinking a sailor's Kush double IPA from half acre brewing company. Uh, half acre is one of my favorite breweries from out in Chicago. I lived in Chicago for a couple of years and they just make good stuff. This is an 8% ABV. They don't listen to IBU. It's got a 4.08 average with 4,000. 500 check-ins. I'll be honest. I think they're not doing it justice with that 4.08. This thing, I kind of surprisingly, it's got a New England look to it, but it, it appeals to me. It's got a very dank smell to it, and it's very bitter, which is like honestly two things I love about. Yeah. I love in an IPA. It's really good. I'm probably at least at a 4.243. It's just very tasty overall IPA. All right, so let's move into the big board. Last week, we did the ATP Finals, and we all chose the exact same matchups. It was Djokovic versus Zverev and Medvedev versus Schwartzman. We all chose Djokovic and Medvedev, and we are all correct. So that was good. It came down to a a uh, tiebreaker off, and the unfortunate loser of that tiebreaker off was me by far. Uh, I went with 49 games. I think the... Uh, the actual number of games ended up being 40, which Rob, even though getting prices righted on both sides, was exactly on and is the winner of last week. He picked 40, so he was perfect. Uh, Andy and Josh actually tied for second or third or wherever you put them. 
by being one one game off on either side. So that was a forgettable week for me. And great job, Rob. Who knew we were all such tennis experts? <laughs> Rob's got to stop winning. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I think we just need to end a season and start a new one. We need to start fresh. And I'm picking all favorites next season. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, that one was – this past week was like a little ridiculous, right? Like the total number of games was completely a guess. And both Josh and Andy tried to just corner me to make it so that I had to get it exactly right in order to win – and it just that's that's how the cookie crumbled. And Wes, I mean, I, 49 games was a great pick, right? Like that's it's a great selection. The only reason you got last is because I think you chose second, right? So like you you didn't go you didn't prices right me immediately. I was I was hoping that one of the two matches would go into a third set and they both yep. ended in two sets and that's where I got screwed. If they if we had right. one of those in into a third set out of one, it would have, it would have actually gone over me, I think. Uh, so unfortunately that's not how it rolled and I lost. So anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Most importantly. Uh, so just to go over the rankings, the overall rankings, Josh is still bringing up the rear and fourth with 26 points. He's got six points over the last five weeks, which I think that number is that's an upgrade. Going up, yeah, that's Josh. more than yeah. one a week. Um, I am in third with 34 points. I've only four points over the last five weeks. This is very bad. Jeez. And uh, Andy's in second with 36 points, 14 points over the last five weeks, which is actually the best out of all of us in the last five weeks. And then Rob is still way in front of us with 48 points. He's in first uh, with 12 points over the last five weeks. So got some catching up to do there in the, uh, the odds are really going to have to – everything's really going to have to fall in place for anybody to catch Rob. So we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, so let's move on to this week. We are going to do the Sunday games of the English Premier League. The three games we are picking from, we're picking the winner, win, or draw of the three games on Sunday. It's Chelsea versus Tottenham Hotspur, Southampton versus Manchester United, or and Arsenal versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. The tiebreaker this week is going to be total goal, goals scored across all games. And uh, Rob, as the winner from last week, you are up first. Ooh, all right. Well, if there was ever a week where I didn't want to go first, this is probably it. These are some tough games. That being said, I'm going to take Chelsea over Tottenham. Even though the Spurs are, are, are playing well, Sun and Kane are both hot. I'm taking Chelsea over Tottenham on this. I'm taking Southampton over Man U. And I am going to take Arsenal over the Wolves. Wolves. Tiebreaker, I will be... Uh, I'm going to go with seven game, seven goals. Okay. Okay, so I believe I go next because I'm ahead of Josh in the standings. So I'm going to take Tottenham for game one. I'm going to go Southampton for game two, and I'm actually going to take a draw for Arsenal and Wolves. And my total 
is going to be 10 for goals scored. Okay. All right. Josh, Ooh. I believe you're next. I am. That makes it that makes it tough. Everybody kind of switch switching things up. I'm going to go Chelsea, Man U, and Arsenal. And I'm going to take six total goals. Oh, taking the low end. Okay. Interesting. You hoping for bad weather? What are you what are you hoping for there, Josh? Just a lot of COVID. A lot it's of England. Weather. You're hoping for COVID. <laughs> Is that what you just said? Yeah, that's not cool, man. <laughs> all right uh i i told you guys i was gonna be i was gonna try to pick on the fly as i heard you guys pick but after i hear heard you all go i think i'm sticking with what i originally thought so i'm gonna go with a chelsea win i'm actually gonna go with a draw in in southampton versus man u and then i'm going with an arsenal win in the third game and I am going to stick with my original guess at goals, and I'm going to stick to nine goals for the tiebreaker. So we're all right around the same spot there. So this will be a really interesting one, to say the least. I think you guys all picked low. Possibly. Maybe I think you picked high, Andy. Yeah, Andy. Maybe one too high. Exactly. (laughs) i hope that's the case it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a late garbage time goal that'll that'll bring west victory yeah exactly um all right so let's jump into our lightning round of the week let's get back to our thankfulness and we are gonna do a thanksgiving round of the lightning round i want to know what beer you're gonna drink give me three styles of beer I need to know the beer style you're going to drink on Wednesday night. One of the biggest drinking nights of the, the year. Don't have to do that anything the next day. It's Thanksgiving. What are you drinking Wednesday night before Thanksgiving? What are you drinking on Thursday morning, Thanksgiving morning, to cure that hangover from the night before? And then I want to know that beer that you have at the dinner table for your Thanksgiving dinner beer. Um, Andy, I'll start with you. What, what do you got for me? All right, so Wednesday night, I'm going a uh, triple IPA. I got one lined up. And, uh, yeah, let's make Wednesday a good night. And uh, Thursday a.m., I feel like it's appropriate to go with something lighter. So I'm going to drink a Pilsner in the morning on Thursday. And then for Thanksgiving dinner, which is always traditionally in an early afternoon slot, I'm going to go a hazy IPA because I'm not – and specifically one that's maybe not too fruity um when I, in its flavor profile because you know you already got your cranberry sauce so you don't really need any other fruit to be involved <laughs> all right i like it i i think i'll have some similarities to yours uh rob what do you got so wednesday night i i will probably be drinking whatever is in my parents refrigerator which most likely will be a yingling and free beer is good beer that's right. and or, or my guess is whiskey, because I'm sure whiskey will definitely be around. And I know that wasn't uh, part of your question, Wes, but let's let's face it. Wednesday oh, wow. night, everyone gets after it. And uh, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, everyone gets after it. And so mm-hmm. that, that might be happening. Thursday morning, Andy, I'm going to follow your lead on this. I will also be going with something lighter, probably like a Coors Light or some, some sort of light beer or a Yingling. 
if that's what's in the fridge. I'll just continue <laughs> drinking Whatever what I was drinking free. the night before. <laughs> For Thanksgiving dinner, Andy, I like the fact that you classed it up. I will probably be doing the same. Anything IPA, just something that's going to have a little bit of flavor. It is, I'll treat it as basically, basically another side dish uh, to be enjoyed with the rest of Thanksgiving dinner. All right. Very okay. nice, Rob. Yeah, Josh, what do you got? So uh, Wednesday, I actually have, uh, I, I mentioned to you guys, I'm, I'm sort of on my local Los Angeles kick. So I, I already have three double IPAs lined up. So I probably will be a bit hungover on Thursday morning. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to those. Uh, Thursday morning, I was going to switch it up and, and do something like a beer mosa. Pour, some, pour just a little bit of orange juice into a light beer headed towards the vibe you have but uh, i'm gonna add in some of that uh very healthy fruit juice uh, and vitamin c vitamin c exactly recoup the energy what time will you be starting the beer moses (laughs) i haven't i haven't decided yet you know probably when jackson wakes me up uh right so seven so about (laughs) six a.m yeah (laughs) um and then thanksgiving dinner i haven't picked one out yet i've been looking around but i'm gonna pick out a west coast Uh, i just think some of the bitterness that i want in a beer with the the thanksgiving dinner uh just sort of goes well with that flavor profile and then that's what i'm gonna head for all right so i feel like i'm going to be pretty aligned with uh at least josh and andy my thursday night is gonna be double ipa a triple ipa a quadruple if you can find one. Let's just go wild. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> oh, wow. I haven't seen one, but if I find one, I drink it on Wednesday. Um, similar to what... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I just don't know if I can find more than one. You gotta find I, a well, actually, pack. that's true. It, yes, just one. If it was a quadruple, I'd be, I would have limited to just one, yes. <laughs> you can only drink one. Yeah. Um, for Thursday morning, for Thanksgiving morning... I'm going similar to Josh, but I'm going to go with the New England IPA because I feel like in the, in itself is a beer mosa pretty much. It's just a very delicious yeah, that's true. beer mosa. It's just an IPA version of a beer mosa, you know? So I think that's, that's what I'm going point. with to cure the hangover. And then I'm going just a straight up American IPA uh, similar to you guys for the dinner beer. But I do have a bonus question for you because Rob kind of triggered this for me. What is your dessert drink? Doesn't have to be beer, whatever it is. What's your dessert drink after Thanksgiving? We'll go back in the same order. Andy, what do you got? I don't know if this is going to result in my relegation from the podcast, but uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to do some Uh-oh. rum nog in the evening. Oh, I Ooh. love that. That's awesome. There you go. If you had said truly original <laughs> lemonade or some PBR <laughs> hard coffee... He went with the holiday Bud Light seltzers. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, Andy, I fully agree with that. I like that. Rob, what do you got? Uh, if if there's any whiskey remaining after my Wednesday night <laughs> shindig, I, I might tap into some of that. Otherwise, you know, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever's in the fridge, I, I will also Seems so to be typically. A theme. <laughs> Yeah, typically Thanksgiving ends up being uh, Thanksgiving Day is when we're we're actually trading uh, a bunch of you know unique beers and and checking in a bunch of different beers. So I imagine after post dinner we will start you know getting into some more uniques, which which I'm looking forward to. 
Okay, Josh. I kind of have two answers. The the first is just that usually I end up overeating and and by towards the end of the evening, like I don't really need a beer. Um, so so sometimes I'm I'm skipping it entirely. But usually what happens is the beer that I brought to exchange with everyone else, there's usually like three or four left over in the cooler. Um, and I'm usually diving into some of the beer that I brought. Nobody else seemed to want to enjoy. So I feel the need to uh, to enjoy them. All right. Yeah. So I'm actually going to align with Rob on this. I don't think anybody drank all the whiskey at my Thanksgiving party. So I usually, usually I'm feeling way too full after Thanksgiving. So I'm just going to pour a, a nice little glass of whiskey on the rocks and take that down for a little nightcapper. Really, really put myself to sleep after eating a whole bunch of turkey, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, so let's move on to the end of the episode with a good, bad, and ugly. But we're actually going to scratch that section a little bit and say, and and move it to a thankful version like we have all episode. We're just being thankful guys tonight. And I want to know what you are all, each of you are most thankful for this year. We do not have to be beer related. Let me just hear what you are most thankful for in 2020. I'll kick it off. You know, I think this is this is relevant right now, uh, but I am certainly thankful for just the season that the Steelers are putting together. They are they are really <laughs> just putting together a fantastic season, and I'm I'm really thankful for just you know how they're showing up each week and and you know continuing to play as a team. So. The ten and zero Steelers. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan right now, and and very thankful for for how they're doing. I actually don't know how I didn't see that coming, but yeah, no. the second you said, it, I was like, of course that's what he's going to say. <laughs> well, he got into the season, and I'm like, okay, and then it he it moved into NFL season, and we we lost all hope. Yeah, I was like, oh, he loves fall. Oh no no no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will go a little bit uh, cheesier than than you guys would, maybe. We'll see. Uh, but I am thankful for sort of the opportunity. I, I, we mainly did it over the course of this year, but getting together with the three of you to sort of pull this podcast together and, and have a chance to share beer with you all uh, sort of on a weekly basis across the year. Um, it it made a difference being sort of quarantined as most of us, and or I guess as all of us were over, over the course of this year. So that made a huge difference. Um, and then just in general, you know, I don't think any of us have been too impacted by um, some of the, the changes that have had to take place in the workplace. And, and we've all been, you know, had the ability to continue working for the most part from home, which is not something everybody can say. So I, I thought it was a good year for, for those two reasons. Totally agree. Josh, do you feel like the fact that we have been virtually recording messages or, or, or podcasts for better part of the last year, has that prepared you for the last six months in the fact that we've been, you know, I'm sure you've been doing a lot of virtual meetings with, with work and whatnot. Do you feel like the podcast and the fact that we've been doing this since last September has prepared you for this? I wouldn't say it's prepared me for this. I think we've, we've had learning curves around the podcast. I would say actually doing this helps me in work um, and just being more familiar with talking a whole lot, trying to figure out what you're going to say ahead of time um, and just being more present in, uh, in sort of digital discussions than, than maybe I would have been if, if we wouldn't have done it. 
And sorry, I probably didn't ask it correctly, but that's exactly what that I, I was asking. That, that's that's what I meant. <laughs> that's what I it's meant made to me ask. Good at interpreting weird questions from people so that I can answer them properly. So, Josh, yes. Do you really wish that every meeting that you attended had as good of a write-up as our meetings have? Exactly. Or that I just have two to three beers during the meeting. That would actually equally help. So, yeah. yeah, you know. I'll go next. I'm kind of going to piggyback a little bit off Josh and, and what Rob followed up with, but uh, the fact that we, that we, the four of us have been able to continue this throughout the year and during the pandemic and not have had, uh, you know, web conference fatigue <laughs> enough where we uh, decide to not do this. This has definitely been a bright spot every week when you don't really know where, where things are going. And and I gotta stop because Rob, I just saw you drink beer out of quite possibly the smallest glass <laughs> that I've I ever that earlier. I have, uh, I have been pouring <laughs> I've been pouring it into the tiniest little glass. And it's been that was really... that was gonna be the end of my last thankfulness was just gonna be the tiny glass that Rob's been drinking from this whole time. I'm really moment. enjoying it. Like I, I just keep filling up my glass. Do and... you know how many ounces are that glass? Like four, maybe two, maybe two. Oh, it's even smaller than it looks. <laughs> so it's basically it's, a shot. It's like just a little bit more than a shot. Okay, maybe maybe it's a ball. three, three to four. I don't, I don't know. It it's tiny, but I'm enjoying <laughs> it because I just keep filling it up, and it, it's yeah. The pouring's enjoyable. Yeah. Well, that to to I guess refer back to what I was saying. Just just thankful for. for so you're thankful for my tiny and, glass, and no, I'm I not am thankful for it. But you might be. But yeah, just thankful that you know we have this to look forward to every week, and uh, some we've we've kept doing even when things have gotten a little crazy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I got to stay on that same route, and throughout all this crazy time of 2020 and pandemics and quarantines, we we we've given ourselves a social outlet to talk to each other, and uh, and I, I guess the biggest thing I can be thankful for is everybody I know through this has been, for the most part happy and healthy and surviving it, which is, is a great thing. Um, so it's pretty easy to be thankful for that, but I think I can speak for all of us, uh, as the last person to go here that we're the most thankful for anybody who's actually decided and willing to listen to this, at least definitely to the end right now, if you've heard it to the end, we are very thankful for you. So thank <laughs> yes, you to everybody Seriously. listening to this podcast. Absolutely. For sure. And I think that is the uh, best way we could just say, let's end this bad boy in the best way we know. Thank Peace. you. Peace. 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 Thank you, Rob. Peace.